Xbox with Zim's friends, we have a ridiculously fun show for you this week. Have you ever wanted that friend that thought a balanced meal was wine and milk duds? Well, I have found her, and I think she's one of the most amazing humans on the planet. She says that her getting into real estate was because of her parents. It's totally their fault since they were doing it for years, but she has definitely got it in her blood. She has always been funny, but it wasn't until someone voluntold her to get on stage that she really embraced it. Humor has changed her entire perspective on life. I want you to listen in as she talks to us about mindset, self-talk, and helping others. If she was required to have a disclaimer statement about herself, she says it would be, I'm a well-educated, classy, loving, funny woman that says the F word a lot. With that, please help me welcome Janelle Anderson. I'm so excited to have you here on our Nooner show for Lunchbox Wisdoms. Yay! We had to have some humor in there to start it off because... Nooner. Why not? <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about you. Oh, I'm an Aquarius and I like cats. <laughs> <laughs> My superpower is talking people off the ledge, and I believe that a balanced dinner is wine and milk duds. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm coming to dinner at your house. Anytime! <laughs> All right. What I know that you're in real estate, because yes. obviously we're in real estate together. Yes. Um, so what drew you to that, to that career? It's my parents' fault. Oh, yes. Oh. You know, when you're raised by brokers, it's like being raised by wolves in Yellowstone. It's like, you just, you just do You just do that. It's just a requirement. So they started when I was four. So I've literally spent my entire life in this industry. Wow. So highs, lows, discussing interest rates at the dinner table as a child, and loans, and bank failures, and mortgages, and escrow, and entirely, the whole, all the thing and all the deals. <laughs> Which actually is quite hilarious, considering that the other thing you're well known for is comedy. So I'm guessing <laughs> that came about as a getaway from real estate. <laughs> it's true. Well, I remember one time, I was probably maybe like second or third grade, and we had this tri-level house. And my mom was the lowest level down in the family room. And she goes, honey, run upstairs and get mommy a listing agreement. And I look at her and I go... Are you going to want to transfer disclosure statement and termite and a lead-based paint with that? And she looks at me like, oh dear. What if we do? I might be spending a little too much time in the real estate office. So we're really hit home. I'll never forget these. Even my brother was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so remember the Barbie dream house? Oh, I, like Sears I had Sears catalog, one. like 1982. It's like, oh. oh. Right, okay. mansion, three, at least three stories. Oh, yeah, stories. with a little plastic refrigerator with all her little plastic fruit. Like, Barbie had it going on, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So, Santa comes and brings me the dream house that year, and I'm like, yes! And the Corvette. I mean, she got a car and a house. It was like Oprah before there was Oprah. <laughs> My mom says to me, remember the condo with the pull string, with the, with the elevator? Oh, it was yes. made out of that particle board, and it just had the, the rooms... Painted on there, she says to me, "Well, what are we gonna do with the condo? I mean, we sh are we gonna give it away? What, what do you want to do with it?" I look my mom square in the eye, dead serious, and I'm like, "It's gonna be a rental, of course." And my mom and dad were like, 
Oh, dear. So they sent me to college. Oh, good. And I got a degree in everything in communications. So there's all the theater and film and all the fun stuff, right? Right. I'm still in real estate. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I feel you. It's <laughs> almost an addiction. Like, it is. We need a program. Oh, we do need a program. Like, how do you even get away from that? I, Once you're in, I you're did, like though. In. I did for a couple of years. Well, I moved to a different state. Yeah. So it forced me to go into the nonprofit world. So I completely... Why, do they not have houses there? Well, they do. <laughs> but I was sitting there with a bucket of popcorn and some milk duds watching the next crash happen. I'm like, I'm sitting this one out. I ain't doing it. No. I'm outy. I've done Perfect. these. I've done too many of these. So in 06, I got out of the business, watched it all come down, because I could already see it coming. And uh, thank God. And went to a nonprofit world, had a wonderful exposure. I was executive director at a chamber of commerce. Then I worked for a nonprofit that promoted employment for people with disabilities, which really made my heart happy. Yeah. I did project management, consulting, worked at a free health clinic. And then God said, you should move to Idaho. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're not kidding. Oh, okay. So five years ago, I did. And then I'm like, well, I'm here. What shall I do? And he goes, so, uh, um, remember that thing you used to do? You should just go to real estate school and do that. And I thought, <laughs> oh, he's not kidding again. Right. So I did. And the first day of school, I walked back in there. I'm like, oh, my people, I know all these I feel so good about myself right now. So I take the test. I got 100% on the test. The guy had to grade it twice because he goes, that doesn't happen. I'm like, I'm like the odd duck. Like, you can't, that doesn't count. Like, it's not fair. Don't put me in the grade curve because it's not fair to the other <laughs> students, you know? I mean, like, FHA was like one of my first words, you know? And so I just, it's amazing how life just says, do this and you're not thinking it's gonna take you somewhere until you're in the middle of it and you're like I can't believe I'm in the middle of this why did I ever stop doing this I love this I love helping people right and suddenly you're just like I'm just gonna keep doing this and and then all of a sudden you find yourself on stage doing stand-up comedy <laughs> that is a whole different ball game it is but it's an awesome ball game yeah what made you get on stage uh, I got voluntold. Oh, good. Well, that's how that's how hard things usually happen. <laughs> yeah. Somebody with command says, Janelle, do this. And you kind of go, hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. I believe there was some comedy in a pool room just before that happened. <laughs> well, well, let me back up. <laughs> so, growing up in the household that I did, um, I had a chronically ill parent. So, there's, there's a, an element of fear... Plus, we're in the real estate industry. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're sitting at the dinner table as a kid, and you want to know if you can take horseback riding lessons, and it's dependent on whether you do or don't double end a listing, or if you get that deal, or how the open house goes this weekend. I mean, this was the family business, and I really have to credit my parents for being so transparent with my brother and I on how finances worked, and this is what happens. When it's a family business, we're all in. Yeah. So, when you grow up like that, so between that being in the, in the business even as a kid, Along with the elements of, there's a certain element of fear in your home when you have a chronically ill family member. Absolutely. That you, you develop these survival skills. And I have always been so extraordinarily grateful that one of God's greatest gifts to me has been my sense of humor. Because it has gotten me through and out 
of a lot of really dark places I because everything's temporary when you think about it. Even the very best stuff is temporary. But on the flip side, the very worst stuff is temporary. So whether you're high or low or anywhere in between, if you can find the ability to laugh and sort of be that light for those around you, you're all going to get through it. Absolutely. So I ended up developing that skill, one, I think, out of just, it was there, and then survival. I was not going to get taken down by fear or interest rates, <laughs> you know, depending on what the case was. Because right. either one is Either one is terrifying. Shot. And I think then, it's funny, I remember an incident. We were standing, my mom and I were in Victoria's Secret. I had to be in my 30s at the time. Yeah. Which was probably just the other day, right? It was. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I said something, because this is just how my mouth works. This is just how my brain works. Yeah. And you, we've spent time together. Absolutely. This is just how my brain, like the other day, I'm like, one turtle snorts a straw and ruins it for the rest of us. <laughs> and everyone at the table's cracking up, and they're like, put that in your comedy notes. And like, it just comes out. Like, right. So, in other words, someone should really follow you Somebody around with the camera. Somebody should follow you around and record everything I say and be like, put that in a bit, put that in a bit, put that in a bit. And it's great for my clients, because when they're freaking out and losing their minds... I can still kind of lift with reality, yes. but levity. So my mom, we're in Victoria's Secret. We're buying some clothes. We're taking a trip, right? And this is like when yoga pants started to come out. And sometimes yoga pants aren't very flattering. No. no. So my mom said, oh, look at these. And I made a comment. She starts cracking up like full on <laughs> snorting right in the middle of Victoria's <laughs> Secret. And I'm like, mom, down kitty, right? She gets out her phone Calls my dad and goes, Les, Les, Janelle is so funny. Did you know Janelle is so funny? I'm standing right there in Victoria's Secret like, I'm your child. Right. Have you not met me for the last 30-some years? You have to call my father and make an announcement that I'm funny. <laughs> okay, Blondie. Whatever. You're like, hmm, I'm pretty sure this, I've never been this way the whole time. And then the other day I was thinking, I remember a boss, Doug Murphy, wonderful man. We were in meetings and he would say things would get a little heavy, a little tense. And he'd look over to me like I'm some kind of comedy vending machine. He'd go, Janelle, say something funny. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, we were talking about a contract once and this client was getting really sideways and they were trying to wiggle and worm. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And he was sitting in my office and, you know, it just falls out of my mouth. And I was like, look, I don't care if they tap dance on it or roll it and smoke it. The contract is the contract. I didn't really, wasn't trying to be funny. But now there's the president of the entire Southern California division doubled over on my desk going, tap dance or roll it and smoke it? What? So I, I, I preemptively like program these people that if the moment's a little heavy, Janelle's probably going to say something. Right. Right. And... So when this comedy thing came up, and I was like, oh, I can't, wait, no, I can't, whoa, you people, you people are crazy. And a friend of mine says, have, do you ever just listen to yourself? Yeah. I thought, oh. I mean, I crack myself up all the time, but, you know, there's an old saying, you know, pigs don't know, pigs stink. Yeah. And I'm so, such a, a proponent of positive self-talk that I myself didn't even realize what I was saying. That I actually can be funny. I am funny. 
I mean, I'm funny to myself, but is it funny to other people? Apparently, it is. Apparently, it's very funny. It's so <laughs> it's so interesting because uh, obviously this isn't a question that I had ever asked you before, so I didn't know. I've known you about the time that I've also known that you were funny. Um, <laughs> so that's about the length of uh, of our relationship. And so I would have thought that it started a long time before that. I had no idea um, that it really is something that you you knew you were funny, but you never really showed it off before. No, I never did anything with it. I mean, if I was in a show, you know, because I have a background in theater and film. Sure. So if I was doing a show that was the part or singing a song that was a little tongue-in-cheek, yeah, I could pull it off and I could do it, but that was the character. That was the show. I've done the improv classes. I've done the comedy work. You know, when I was in school, I've even done some work here in the Treasure Valley. It just, it just seemed normal to me, like, why is this? Why is everybody freaking out about this? Like, isn't this everybody this way? Yeah. No. 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 Not so much at no, all. No, not so much at all. <laughs> and that was what was really interesting. But when I started thinking back, going, "This is just being me." And, and a mutual friend of ours says to me, "You know, you could just stand there and read the phone book, and we'd be laughing," which is great because after one of my stand-up comedy routines one night, she she was in the audience. She handed me a phone book. <laughs> That's pretty funny, right there. She's like, "Death, read it." Um, but that, that self-talk, mm -hmm. you know, when we do, we, are we telling ourselves that we can, or we can't do something? Are we tapping into the gifts that we really have? Are we, are we giving credence to that? Right. I was in a training recently and I was talking to people about it in a completely different platform that I have with separation revelation. And one of the guys in the audience says, you know, I want I wanted to help them connect that their value is not because of any external factor, right. you know, like what you drive, what you look like, where you went to school, how much money you have, none of that stuff, that it just is. And he goes, well, I just, I just want to stay humble, you know, I just don't want to be prideful, I just, you know, I just want to be humble. I said, well, false humility ain't that great of a thing, by the way. I said, and can you really honor your God that he made you wonderfully the way you are yeah. and that your value that it is a gift and even though it feels to you just the way you are it just is can you connect with it yeah. and can you use that then to go out and help other people right and if you're unwilling to show it off if you're unwilling to get on the stage then what are you doing with that gift that you've been given well and that's that's kind of a butt kicker because um, that was a real reality check for me. So last year, I've been on stage a million times, sing, dance, shows, whatever, public figure, it, it's fine. So last year when I did stand-up comedy, it had been a long time, long time since I'd been on stage in, in the capacity like that, in, sure. a, in a performance capacity. And a couple days later, I just started crying. I'm like, where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? Hello? 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 Where's this coming from? And what I realized was that I had taken a part of my soul, put it in a box, and shoved it in the basement 25 years ago. And so it was it was emotional because I was reconnecting with a best friend like you haven't seen him forever. Like, oh my God! Hi! Oh my God! Oh my God! You know, like girls, absolutely. How do we do, right? And then on the other hand, I was so sad, so happy to see me. Yeah. But then so sad because she's been gone and put away in the basement 
I did that. I did that to me. Nobody did that to me. I did that. So there was this incredible joy in the same presence as an incredible sadness. And so when you're at that moment, what are you going to do? Are you going to beat yourself up because I put that part of me away because life got lifey and I, you know, grew up to have mortgages and mammograms and divorces and family members and cats and dogs and all the things? Right. Okay. Am I going to get, am I going to beat myself up over it or am I going to welcome her back yeah. and let her out? I mean, I, I, I let the comedian out. I let Janelle performance side come out and play. And now that I've reconnected with that part of my soul, that's part of me now that I will have to always do. Yeah. I will have to always let her out to play. But now she gets to come out and play, and I get to help people with it. So it just keeps getting better and better. I can't wait to see what you do next. I've seen you several times putting on little bits that, that really weren't for big audiences, but they were so hilarious and <laughs> so impactful. I just love every minute. <laughs> of watching you. I love every minute of it. I love making people laugh. I love bringing the joy. You know, I, I ran into a friend of ours earlier today, Shelly, and I said, you know, we were talking about stuff. I said, life, it, Earth is just a giant waiting room with a really good magazine selection. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be sitting here for a while. You might as well make friends with the person sitting next to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just enjoy yourself. Don't take everything so seriously. Oh, that's so hard. Oh. So it is so hard, you know, when you're talking about the divorces and the mortgages and the house and the career and oh, it's hard not to get too serious in yeah. in your own being because you're trying to juggle all the things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've been on a, a journey of my own and really kind of getting back to what is most important? Like, mm -hmm. what am I doing here? What is this, you know, what do I want to leave as my legacy? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really interesting interesting part of my life to be in. I love your legacy that you're building, by the way, and I'm so glad that I get to sit here and spend some time with so you about excited. it. I'm so excited for you. I just, I'm going to be like, I, just want to I know her. I know her. I've been in her studio. Oh my God, I know her. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about some of the, because my, my whole core is about routines and habits and things like that's how I keep going and how I add new things or change things or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what habits or routines do you have in your life that have made you successful so far? Well, I think the most important thing, um, whatever habits, tools, mechanisms you're going to put in place, if you don't have the right mindset. If your head and your heart are not in alignment and you're not in the right space, you're going to continue to keep searching for that magic bullet, that next app, that next program, that next sure. widget that's going to oh, put everything in place for you. Newsflash, it's not going to. Yeah. Because everywhere you go, there you are. So you have to get you straight first then the tools and the mechanisms will come into place. So for me, it's definitely having um, the right team of people around me, whether you know it's my spiritual coach, financial advisor, my encourager, my friends, family, whatever it is. If, if there's toxic bad juju, it's got to go. You can love someone with a 10-foot pole. Absolutely. Sometimes people have to go. Um, for me, 
because positivity is my number one strength. Thank God. Because <laughs> um, I'm telling you, some of, the, some of the places my life has been has been deep, dark, and ugly. Like the kind of places where even the devil looks down that hole and is like, oof, I ain't going in there. <laughs> and I'd be like, someone throw me a light in a shovel. There's got to be something down here good. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find it. Right, and I'm going to stay here. Because <laughs> I've got some positivity, and I'm going to find some gold down here. That's how I am. Glasses always half full. So, but because I have experienced that, and I've seen other people not have the right alignment, you, you, for me, it's, it is the positivity combined with the humor. So, the routines, the widgets, the mechanisms I have in place that I have discovered work for me, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for anybody else, all comes back to mindset. I have to be in the right belief that even though I may have my day planned out like this, something comes out of left field and changes something. So you can you can have all, all the tools, but if you are not right here to hit, this is the longest 18 inches in Absolutely. the entire world, you're never, it's never going to connect. You're going to keep searching. You're going to be back in the self-help aisle at Barnes and Noble looking for the next book or the next magic formula. It has to start with you. And I see so many people don't do that. Right. Now, there are basic things like, I have to track my mileage. So can I just tell you, I love my like you. I do, I do, I do. Um, there's an app for everything. There's yeah. a widget. There's a book for everything. One of the best things you can do to figure out where do I need help? What what is not quite right? Get a coach. Absolutely. Connect with a mentor. Find somebody that has the lifestyle that you want. Ask them what they did to do that. And then do that. Right. <laughs> and put your own spin on it. Like Exactly. Make it your own. You know, I'm not saying copycat, but you know. So many people, you can be successful at the wrong thing. Absolutely. And I see so many people, they get successful, but there's still this void in their life. And so they're looking for, well, what hobby or what self-care can I put in my life? I'm sorry, going to get your nails done is not self-care. That's maintenance. <laughs> right? that's I like, totally agree with that's, that. That's, that's like, like taking the car Jiffy. That's like Jiffy Lube for me, okay? It's just maintenance. Yeah. And so they're, they're constantly trying to you know, get this round peg square hole thing working. And every time I work with someone like that, and I take, first of all, I take them through my own revelation program. And I help them separate. And they go, oh my God. Because they're, they're trying to put all their value, all their worth on this external platform. Yeah. Whatever it is. And then when that platform crumbles or life changes or jobs get outsourced or relationships evolve or kids move away or health or beauty or finance, whatever. And you've sacrificed your value and your worth to that altar... Not only do you have to deal with the logistics of what just changed there, but now you also have to triage the fact that your value just got the crap kicked out of it. Who you are is an actual living, breathing person because you, you attached it to that. Yeah. I'm saying don't do that. Redhead, Boise, Idaho, telling you coming at you live, telling you please don't do that. Right. I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah. And then once that thing is gone, they have no idea. It happens a lot, I think. To mothers of parent, you know, of, of kids that yeah. they grow up, they graduate high school, they get married, they move out, and all of a sudden, mom has no idea what right. her purpose in life is. She has is. no no connection to her true value because she put all of her identity 
in being mom. Like she's on the cover of Awesome Mom magazine and she did this for years and based on the age spread of children. And this is one of the groups of people that I work with. This this problem is not just a woman thing. It's a no. woman thing. It's a man thing. It's I've got teenagers um, that go through this program and it's happening everywhere. I mean, just look what's happening in social media. It's, it's, it's the mothership of the crying out of humanity saying, somebody value me. Absolutely. And I'm trying to say, your value has nothing to do with what you post on Facebook. Right. Yeah. You know, we, no, we don't need the play-by-play -play of what's going on in your life moment to moment. Not because you're not valuable, but your value has nothing to do with that. Yes. And But that's not what our society teaches. That's not what we teach our business people. We teach, I mean, look at our industry. Go out, get the most deals, do all you can, be number one, kick the person next to you. Right. And I, I'm going, I don't do my business that way no you know no i no i i'm i do it for the relationship with the people at the end of that eight page contract if someone knows that they can call me six weeks or six years from now at midnight on a sunday and be oh my god janelle i'll be like hey what's up how's the dog how's the cat everything okay by the way what's wrong oh i'm in my jammies right now i'll be right there if i've left you in a position that you know that no matter what that you can call me and that I'm probably going to be one of the first people you call when something's hitting the fan, even if it's a real estate thing, personal, financial, spiritual, I don't care what it is. Right. If you know that Janelle Anderson is in your corner, then I've done my job. Oh, and by the way, your house is lovely. Right. <laughs> right? Because it's not about the four walls and no. the roof. It's, it's, it's about the fact that this is the biggest financial investment you're ever going to make. It's very emotional. You make your memories there. Your family's there. You know, I mean, you've dealt with people that have lost everything yes. and they're scared and they're and they're trying to come back and they're trying to step out on faith and do the right thing and get a home again. Right. It's such a tough spot to be. It's, it's so scary for yeah. them. People have no idea how much emotion, psychology, hurting of cats <laughs> goes on in what we do in real estate. Yeah. And most people look at us because I know how successful you are and they think, <laughs> I could do that. Our job is to make it look easy. Yes. You have no idea what we do behind the scenes. I had one client call me on a new construction job. She calls me a couple months later. She's moving in. And she goes, so how much, how much did you actually protect me from? I said, you don't want to know. You don't want to know how many times I had to call the builder or deal with a subcontractor that was going to be delayed or this or that. You, don't, you just don't even want to know. Right. No. You know, my job is to protect you and to make it look easy. Yes. So that you think you can do what I do. Right. <laughs> Until you go, oh my God, you guys do all that? And so when I'm not doing that, I'm out trying to make people laugh. Yeah. I'm trying to help people connect with the value that is not because of, but it just is. Right. And it's really cool because I got to do that in New Zealand. That is so exciting. I'm, I'm an international so speaker. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 No, that's so exciting. I was like watching you, you know, post as you're leaving on your plane. And I was like, oh, I just know that she is about to experience the adventure of a lifetime. Spectacular, truly life-changing for me. I mean, I am the goddess of positivity. This is what I do. But God, even I get all emotional. Oh. I know, right? Because no, I'm a proximity crier. I know. So if you're going down, I'm going with you. <laughs> and having, I didn't realize what I was really carrying around yeah. until I got there. And 
I didn't see this coming. I thought this is going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I was just kind of keeping everything loose and organic, just going to let right. this process be. And all of a sudden, this massive spiritual, emotional upheaval of like, oh my oh. God, we're going to need a flatbed truck for this thing. Where did this come from? And wow, wow. I can't tell you because you have to watch I know, the show. I know. But Ooh, I'm so excited. And I got picked up for season two. So yay. Jeanette Anderson's going to be traveling the world again, helping people. Uh, around the world and I'm just, I'm just a girl from Boise, Idaho. Yeah. I mean, you guys, it's, everyone's thinking, well, I, I'm not her, I'm not him. I'm not, oh, I'm not special like that or I don't have that gift or that talent. Yeah. No, you don't, but you have that gift and that talent and that skill that I gotta subcontract that out because I can't do that at all. Sure. I gotta, I gotta find people to help me with that. Everybody has something. And it makes me so sad and frustrated for the people that have been told that whatever they have isn't important or isn't a gift. What you have, Wendy, is a gift. It's a calling on your life to reach people the way that you do. Yeah. And you're doing it. I know. And I get to watch it happen. So I, I get to sit here in this chair next to you. That is profound for me. So exciting. I, it reminds me very much. Uh, part of the reason that I think I really finally stepped out is, um, and I think it was Gary Vee who said it, and I don't remember the exact number, but he said something about um, the chance that you were born is like one in 500 billion. Like the chance that those, those chromosomes mm -hmm. and just connected in exactly the way to make you exactly the way you are Yep. Are, it's so unique. Yeah. And to not let that out is such a waste. It's almost disrespectful to the universe as a whole. Right? That's you know? how I felt. I mean, when you realize it, like my spirit animal, I call him Bob. He's a, <laughs> he's a rainbow sparkly unicorn. Because I am a sparkly unicorn. You are. It's true. It, it, according to those guys on Facebook, online, Danny's like, you're like a sparkly unicorn, I just want to pet you. I apparently am a swan, which Tiffany and I have bonded over now. <laughs> we, we always see all the swans now. So. I love the swans. They're majestic, and they're beautiful, and they're elegant, but you know what? They are fierce. That's right. And they are strong, and they will fight. You don't think that when you think of a swan, do you? Right. But see, that's something, there's, there's always these beautiful layers to everything. Yeah. You know? So Fascinating. Speaking so of fascinating. layers, I want to know why you sent me the question about toilet paper. You know, it's just what one is of the those deal with that question. <laughs> it's one of those things that I find so interesting <laughs> because it is literally something that in the in the big scheme of things makes absolutely no difference, right? And in some countries, they like that's a luxury. Yeah. But to us, it's an expectation. Um, so it has, there's so many facets to why people choose the way that they do in relation to toilet paper. So I always mm -hmm. like to ask the question, why do, you know, which direction do you think the toilet paper should roll? From the top or from the bottom? Because there are literally heated, anger-based <laughs> debates over this. I know. And I'm just like, huh. And I feel so That's sad for all the so people that got it wrong. Interesting. Because there, there is a right answer to this question. It's like, oh, you sad, sad. I knew that people. was coming. I knew that was coming. And, but again, I mean, I know what I believe. And, 
Y'all don't have to believe what I believe. Uh, it's okay if you think that it should come from underneath. You're wrong. It should come from the top. Even <laughs> according to the U.S. Patent Office, it comes from Ooh. the top. That's how it was designed. That's how it's designed. Well, because, you know, what if you... Well, okay, so this is what happened. This is why I, I, I completely confirmed... Passionate. A friend of mine showed me a video on Facebook that it was coming from underneath, and they reached under to pull it down. Take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. <sighs> Something came down with it. It had eight legs. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, hello, therapy? I need help. I've been traumatized because I don't do eight-legged death machines. And it's like, that's why. So nothing can pull it, get a hold of it, or crawl up in the... Mm. It makes sense. Yeah. It, After it, that, I was like... I'm so confident in my choices to make a top over decision at this point. I, if there was ever any doubt, I'm going to go top over from now on since I saw this thing coming out from underneath. Like, eh. like I don't want to go there anymore. No. I don't want to But go here's there. the bigger issue, though. Even with the toilet paper, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Right? It really doesn't matter. But this is what's happening in our world right now. This is what makes me shake my fist at the sky and go, I just got her! Why are people so passionate about their friggin' toilet paper direction and yet people like you and I come along and we try to get them passionate about who they are as a living, breathing human being yes. and the gifts that they can bring to the world and they look at us like we're some kind of like woo freakazoids and I'm like, I'm trying to help you and you want to prioritize your toilet paper direction and I want to help you feel better about your existence. Right. Really? Priorities. Priorities Ooh. are a little askew of late. Uh, yeah, I don't know that, I don't know that, uh, oh, that's so, it's so hard. It's so hard because people are so, you know, and, and obviously this gets way bigger than toilet paper. Yes. People get so driven down this tunnel that they're yes. so familiar with that they have no idea that there are roads that turn left and right all the way down the tunnel. They can't even see them. No, and that's what's happening in our culture right now. And that's why we have, we have skyrocketing suicide rates. Mm -hmm. We have skyrocketing divorce rates. I mean, Orange County, California, where I you know grew up quite a bit of my childhood, uh, I heard a statistic recently, 72% divorce rate. Now, I don't know if it's completely accurate. I was at a seminar. I heard this from one of the speakers, and it... it Hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm from Orange County. Right. 72%. That's insane. What the what? But why? Why why are people so disposable? Why are relationships so disposable? You know, why are we having, you know, young children, five and six years old, seeking out suicide? Like, what is happening here? It feels very selfish. You know, whether, whether that's a, a, a divorce or, um, you know, what, whatever is going on, there's, there's a lot of, um, like, self-absorption, yes. it appears, that's going on. Like, well, social nothing media. can work without me. It's all about me. Me, yeah. me, 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 me. And I want to go out there and create a positive change in the world that helps impact other people. Absolutely. Because then that makes my soul happy. You know, 
why are we focusing more on that? Why aren't we doing the things that truly bring us joy? I'm sorry, maybe you're passionate about a particular cause or belief, but like you said, people get so sucked into the tunnel vision of it and they're so obsessed with it yes. and then they become so offended by anything that is not in their tunnel they're missing out on the beautiful thing that's happening right there. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that what you're tunneled on is right or wrong. Right. I'm not saying that at all. But the tunnels aren't working anymore. Mm -hmm. And people are hurting and dying and suffering and sometimes in quiet. And sometimes we don't even realize that. Like for me, I didn't realize what I was carrying around so heavy in my soul until I had that experience in New Zealand as yeah. part of Awakening Giants. I had no idea. I was functioning. I was successful. I had fam family, life, business, friends. Da -da 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 -da. Every, nobody would have thought it. I didn't even think it. And I live inside my head every day. Right. And then that happened. And I went, wow. oh, my God. What do you know? And I thought, well, and I do this for a living. If that just happened to me, how many other people are functioning, but not really? Right. What 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 piece can I get in there with like an emotional crowbar and just like, yeah, right. Cool. Dig and, it out. And dig that out for you and free up that capacity for joy. Now that you've created a hole, though, might I suggest <laughs> you fill it with something good, <laughs> like joy, compassion, caretaking laughter yes i'm a huge fan of laughter yes me too it's good for the soul yes so do the work you know and you guys it's not that complicated this self-help self-growth everyone's like oh i gotta i gotta do this thing it's i gotta go get a degree and, and i gotta study and analyze it and then compare it to the pyramids in egypt no you don't you just have to be willing you just have to have that mindset I was talking about so that all the other things will fall in place. It's just an opening up. An opening up of your mind, of your heart, of your spirit, mm -hmm. and being willing to look at things. Yes, and please laugh at it. Yeah. This is the openness. That's why I named my program Separation Revelation. It's not a revolution. I'm not here to start a war with anybody. Right. It is that aha. It is that, that simple awareness that revelation moment where you go oh 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 where you separate your value from all the hats and identities that you wear now once you have that revelation here's the really cool thing you have to apply that truth to everybody else once you realize that everybody has value yeah now you start to go, oh. So when your mother-in-law is being a complete turd to you on the phone and telling you, you know, you're putting your children in the wrong bedrooms and you're a terrible wife and a terrible mother and all the thing and the deals and, you know, because I recently had to talk someone off the ledge crying. <laughs> she said this to my wow, girl. I said, you have been through this program, so I know that you know. Now you have to stop and breathe. You have to look at her now through that lens and realize that her junk is hers and that the, because she's trying to exhibit so much control and control tied specifically to money because that woman has put her value and worth in money and the ability to, to try to control and manipulate people. Right. If I took that woman's, the mother-in-law's, if I took all her money away 
and all of her people away, and she could not control or do anything. She would believe she has no value. I, however, believe that she would be wrong. Of course. I believe that she has an abundance of value that cannot be measured, that doesn't have to be justified or activated or proven in any way. She's just treating people that way because that's how she knows to create and to control that value. Absolutely. And I, so I, I told my friend and my client, I said, I know that you know better. Can you, the way you looked at yourself, when I said your value is not your children, your husband, your education, your beauty, your health, because she's had, you know, all that. I said, and you recognize that for yourself. Can you do that for your mother-in-law? And she paused and she's like, ah, damn it, Janelle. <laughs> I'm like, it is what it's like, what, how I would know, respond to be like, so I'm just I know that's and the if, right answer, and yes. I just don't like it. But she went from crying, because she was crushed. I mean, this woman laid down some seriously harsh, cutting comments. And I said, so now, can you look at her? It's almost like being a member of a secret society. Like, you put on those x-ray glasses, and you're like, I see something you don't see. I see past your controlling. I see past your money. I see past your culture, past your history. Yes. And I see the value that just is, even if you don't see it yourself. I love that. I love that moment so much. Now that you've kind of had this revelation and you've had this experience and you've had the opportunity to work with other people, what are some of the non-negotiables that you have put in place in your life to make sure that you are always staying in that positive type mindset? Well, I've recognized the, the pet peeves of mine. And we all have them. We all have them, yeah. and it's okay. Don't, yeah, don't lie. <laughs> Although it's not okay for you to drive down the center lane of the street like it's a freaking on-ramp, okay? <laughs> you pull in there, and you wait your turn. Wait for an opening. Don't race me down Fairview. <laughs> don't do it, okay? So, but even when they do, because I'm the goddess of positivity, right. I laugh a little after I grr a little. And I'm probably just going to let them in. Because one, they probably don't know the rule. They're just trying to get where they're just trying to get to. Yeah. If I let this person pull out in front of me, is it really going to change my life? Right. No. So that's an enormous skill that took me years to learn. The choose your battle skill. Oh, yeah. Choose it. And most of the time you realize, meh. But one of the best pieces of advice I gave someone, and, and I really wasn't intending it to be profound, but apparently, just like the comedy. Right. Apparently, it, just, apparently it is. It was like mic drop, and this is like 20-something years ago. Was, <laughs> in fact, no, actually, I can tell you, it was the fall of 1993, because I remember where I was, and I remember who I said it to. Do not worry about whether something's going to become an issue. Worry about it when it is an issue. Yes. And even oh. then... Yes. Don't worry that much. Don't. Don't. Because, like I said before, everything's temporary. The highest highs, the lowest lows, it's all temporary. And if we can all just relax a little bit for crying out loud, everybody just chill. Yeah, I definitely think that worry is just suffering twice. It is. What does it accomplish? Nothing. It's not like the little worry fairy is going to show up in the middle of the night and leave you a bag of gold because you worried so good you earned 50 gold coins looking for you. It doesn't happen that way. No. In fact, the worry fairy shows up and she takes away your joy. And she Absolutely. takes away your, your stomach. And she takes away, you know, your ability to sleep or your ability to make decisions. It's, it's the opposite. Worrying and letting that into your life 
is really destructive. Yeah. So recently, I had to do this to myself. Because I felt like my life, that I'm standing on this, this precipice, like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh my God, that's a long way down. And all of a sudden, it's like I, I, I heard this voice. I heard my own voice going, really, Janelle? Really? And I'm like, you shut up, I'm having a moment. And the, the truth that I heard in my, in my heart and in my head was, your relationship to the cliff changes significantly when you realize you have wings. Oh, that's so good. So I jumped and I have wings and it's been fantastic. It's been a journey for a couple years. I am I'm profoundly, deeply happy where my life is at, where my relationships are at, where my business is growing, um, the, the television show, the, the international connections I've made, being able to sit here with you. I, it's just, I could not, on my very best day, imagined that my life could be and would be where it is right now. Don't start I know, you're gonna make me all emotional. Let's talk about like the IRS and baseball or something. How about this, how about this? Tell people where they can find you. So they can email me if you need, like Janelle, oh my gosh. Janelle Anderson, life at gmail.com. And Janelle is J-A-N-E-L-L-E, Anderson, life at gmail.com. And there's also the Janelle Anderson Life Facebook page. That is fantastic. And my most favorite question, which is something that's so important to me, it just has really become the precipice of, of everything else that I'm doing, which is how do you give back? I believe that I give back in every moment and every time that I choose to see the glass half full, that I choose to be positive and not continue to feed in to negativity and hurt. Yeah. Every time I make that choice, an angel gets its wings. Right. <laughs> I and it is a choice. Yeah. Um, but I also do in, in the in the actual sense of it. Um, I like to volunteer. Um, I like I like to sing. I like to serve and and just I'm a I'm a mama bear. I'm, I'm a caretaker at That's heart. Awesome. So awesome. yeah, I make food. I have people over for dinner. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm always looking for people that are hungry because I share love your love. I share love your to laugh. cook, share my laughter, open my home up to people, you know, as, as often as I can. That's and awesome. uh, just continue to let people know that they're so loved. They have no idea. They have no idea how amazing they are, how deeply, profoundly loved and chosen they are. So if you spend some time with me, I assure you, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make you know how loved and chosen, and wonderfully and beautifully made you are. That's fantastic. I am just so honored, not only to have you as one of the first people that has decided to help me on my journey to yes. this show, but I'm also so deeply honored to call you my friend. Likewise. Thank you so much. Are you going to drag me up Table Rock again? Maybe. Probably. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. I love you. Does that girl just rock your world or what? She talked about how your relationship with the cliff 
changes significantly once you realize that you have wings. How many of us have been on that proverbial cliff only to walk away because we thought it was impossible? But truly, anything is possible. We may just need to shift our perspective to see it. Thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe below to be notified every time we have a new good human to share with you. And until next time, share the goodness.